I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Seb, I literally was saying this to uh, Michael uh, today. I was saying like every every edit I do, I stray closer and closer to leaving the really yeah. offensive <laughs> shit in. Just because like... He was like, he so nearly left in... I was really close to leaving. <laughs> it was so funny. No. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. No, no. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Goats. Hello, party people, and welcome to Goats. Maybe we should say hello, rock stars. Welcome to this 18th episode of Goats. If this show was a child, uh, we'd be too old for most rock stars because we are 18. Uh... Not this joke. Uh, no. <laughs> Not this joke. <laughs> uh, is that too soon? Is that too soon? <laughs> anyway, welcome to Goats. What's happened this week with everyone? Any exciting things? Helped any disabled people? I resubscribed to World of Warcraft, and now that's all I look forward to in life. Oh, God. <laughs> when I get nice. out of bed. Good okay, stuff. Vinny, stuff. Seb, nice knowing you. Podcast is over. Vinny's gone. <laughs> See you later, boy. Genuinely, the past two days when I've been like editing and like uh, writing the script, I've just been like, first, my f- the first thing that my mind goes to as soon as I have free time is, ah, oh, going to play WoW. Then I'm like, no, I probably shouldn't. I, like, <laughs> I have to be a good boy and actually oh, like God. do some podcast work. But it's all good. We got there. You're in the you're in the wow zone now. Yeah, it's not good. Nah, it's alright. Sometimes you just gotta give in to addiction. That's what I always say. It's yeah. I in a, in a month I'll be bored of the game again. So, oh, something did happen to me, mm. which was that. Fucking hell, here we go. Go on then. The office I work in yep. got robbed. Wow. Oh. <laughs> and it was it was really annoying because I came in. And, like, there was fucking pictures up on the wall of, like, this guy came in and took some laptops and shit. And what he did is he just walked through the doors of this communal office and just picked up people's laptops that had just been left out while they went for a piss or for a walk or whatever. And then I went up to our office and um, my laptop wasn't there. I was like, fuck. That's, that's not good news. Had a look around. Couldn't find it. It's been nicked. Go downstairs. Say to... The girls at reception, oh, my laptop's been stolen. They are lots of sympathy. Oh, God. And then tell my bosses, laptop's been nicked. It's all fine. And then one of the girls at reception comes up and she's like, did you lock the door to your office? And um, 
And I was like, fuck. Because, here's the thing. I, we, I don't know why I'm saying I, we as an office, me and my two other colleagues who work in my office, had assumed that we didn't need to lock our office because the cleaners locked it after they'd been in. Now, what I didn't know, and this probably reflects badly on myself, is because I'm, I'm going to say rarely, I mean never, the first one in in the morning. I didn't know we were coming in and the office door was just open when people got in. So I assumed that that system had been going on. It hadn't. But I didn't know that until my boss came in with one of the reception girls. And the girl at reception said, you know, you probably should have locked the door. And I said, well, we do lock the door. And then she said in front of my boss, oh, actually, you guys haven't locked your door since May 21st. And I was like, why the fuck did you say that? (laughs) (laughs) Just lie. Why are you saying that in front of my boss? This reception sounds like she's uh, caused you a lot of trouble recently. (laughs) What a fucking narc. Just say say it was locked. Runs out on disabled people, fucking knocks on you to your boss. I know. What's he going to do next? Kick you in the balls. Just be like, oh, we think they got a key card from somewhere. They must have found it. Someone's keys got left out or something. Don't, Don't just chuck me under the bus, you dick it hasn't been closed since march 20 may 21st i love that she knew the exact date as well yeah because she'd looked it up to cover her own ass mm. and throw me under the <laughs> fucking oh, dear, bus Seb. and i will tell you all is forgiven now but my boss was pretty upset with you with all of us yet again not just my fault there's so, three of us in the office but the the collective vibe wasn't ideal right i'm ready to get going when you guys are i'm very I, ready I've hyped myself up for this. I'm a bit nervous. Why are you nervous? Because I'm going to do something I've never done before. Oh, God. What is he going to do? You're going to rock out with your cock out? No, I am in my pants. Are you going to sing? No, I'm not going to sing. I'm going to start today. I'm not going to... For goodness sake. (laughs) I'm going to start today with a poem. That you wrote? No, I didn't write. But I do like my poetry. I don't talk about it very often. Mm. But I, I'm going to read a poem out loud that I think encompasses the subject matter for today. So I just really like it if people, and I am nervous to say that, I'm just, I'd like it if people took it, not seriously, but if we could just cut the heckling to a minimum, all right? right. I won't heckle you. I, won't I can't say you. what Michael did, I won't, I won't, I won't, I won't heckle you. you. I won't heckle you. So this was written by one of my favourite poems, poets, sorry. Um, it goes like this. I'm through with standing in line to clubs I'll never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth and I'm never going to win. This life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs and a bathroom I can play baseball in and a king-sized tub big enough for ten (laughs) plus me. (laughs) So what you need? (laughs) Well... Sorry. <laughs> I'll need a credit card that's got no limit and a big black jet with a bedroom in it. Gonna join the Mile High Club at 37,000 feet. Been there, done that. I want a new tour bus full of old guitars, my own star on Hollywood Boulevard. Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me. So how are you gonna do it? I'm going to trade this live for fortune and fame. I'd even cut my hair and change my name. Because we all 
just a wannabe, big rock stars, and live in hilltop houses driving 15 cars. The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap. And we'll all stay skinny because we just won't eat. We'll hang out in the coolest bars, in the VIP with the movie stars. Every good gold digger's gonna wind up there. Every playboy bunny with her bleach blonde hair. Well, hey, hey. I want to be a rock star. Hmm. <coughs> hey, hey. I want to be a rock star. Great. Is it done? Perfect. Wow. Yeah. Benny. Yep, that was... That was really fantastic. He just recited one of the worst songs I've made. <laughs> so if you hadn't already guessed, today's subject is the greatest rock star of all time. I think that poem by the great artist Nickelback. Yep. <laughs> That's my pick. Fuck. <laughs> Mate, I'd pick Nickelback as well, for Shit. fuck's sake. <laughs> right, right. Camera's off. End it. <laughs> Today we're discussing the greatest rock star of all time. Rock stars are more than just musicians. They're front men or woo men of the great bands of our generation. Or maybe it's just them. Maybe it's just a fucking person slaying a sick axe for 90,000 people and getting hot babes to suck on each testicle. (laughs) We love rock stars. Sweet. I've pinned a lot of my intro on the, the the Nickelback going down better, to be honest right. with you. So I'm kind of just winging this. What if they're a woman rock star? Well, then they lick each flap. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Fuck me. Right, crack on. Who do you think's the greatest rock star of all time? <laughs> Tell me. Are they a pedo? Probably. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let myself go first. I'm going to be kind. So, if you know me, you know that I'm a huge fan of rock music from the 60s, the 70s, and the 90s. We don't talk about the 80s. So, there is a huge amount of people that I wanted to pick. First, I thought of Jim Morrison, as I fucking love him and The Doors, but decided he was a bit more of a misunderstood poet with a drinking problem than a rock star. So my next suggestion was Kurt Cobain. But his story, again, is a little bit less about being a rock star and more about a man who's riddled with both physical and mental problems and ultimately had an extremely depressing end to his life, what with all the heroin and Courtney Love. I, yeah, it's, it, it's just too upsetting to tell that story. <laughs> I've seen like a documentary on it. It's just, it's just fucked. But these two legends in music have something in common. They're a part of what's called the 27 Club, which is obviously, you know, Michael will be joining that tomorrow, so can't wait for that. And do you know who else is a member of the 27 Club? Johnny Allen Hendricks, better known as Jimi Hendrix, was born in Seattle, Washington in 1942. He began playing the guitar in 1961 at the age of 15. Soon after, he moved to Nashville, Tennessee, where he earned his way into being in the backing band for Little Richard. He would tour with Little Richard's band and even got his first television appearance in July of 1965, performing alongside the band on Nashville's Channel 5 show, Night Train. 
However, Richard and Hendrix would clash over tardiness, Jimmy's choice of wardrobe, and even his onstage antics. And so he was fired from the band in 1965. Feeling restricted by his experiences as an R&B sideman, Jimi Hendrix moved to New York City in 1966 for the vibrant music scene. One night there, whilst performing in a nightclub, he was spotted by a Mr. Chas Chandler, who was the previous manager for The Animals. Chas immediately spotted something special in young Jimmy and invited him to fly back to London with him to record music together. The manager introduced him to bassist Noel Redding and drummer Mitch Mitchell. Yes, I know who the fuck names their son Mitch if their second name is Mitchell. And they both agreed to join Jimi Hendrix in his new band named The Jimi Hendrix Experience. In late 1966, the first song the band recorded was a little tune by the name of Hey Joe, which blew up in the UK, peaking at number six in the UK singles chart. And although it failed to chart in the US at the time, Rolling Stone magazine's top 500 greatest songs of all time put it at number 201, and Total Guitar magazine ranked it as the 13th best cover song of all time. And it was also the second song I ever learnt to play and sing on the guitar. So that's a nice little, that's a nice little footnote. Never heard of it. How does it go? What, Hey Joe? Yeah. It's like, uh, hey, Joe, where you going with that gun in your hand? Bow, 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 bow. It's just like a bluesy <laughs> rock song. Fair. Did you know that, Seb? Uh, I don't know that specific song, no. No, I bet you've never heard really? of a single Jim, Johnny, Jimi Hendrix song. Johnny Hendrix. Why are, you like... getting all, why are you getting all gatekeeper about Jimi Hendrix? Me? Yeah. He's just trying just to make saying, it sound bad. I'm just He's saying that bad. I've never heard of a single Jimi Hendrix song and probably neither of you. Well, that's so, embarrassing. Oh, is this Mug the Goat? That's, that's, and to not know a single Jimi Hendrix song is embarrassing, objectively. Okay, go on then, do one. Uh, Slight Return or Voodoo Child, depending on what you want to call it. Vinny, verify this. What, what do, do, do you know it? Are they, are they Jimi Hendrix songs? It's a Jimi Hendrix song. Yes, it is. If Six oh. Was Nine... Also a Jimi Hendrix song? I don't know. I didn't even know that one. You're Googling them. Purple Haze. Do you not know Purple Haze? Purple Haze? Yeah. Do you just, do you just not know any like rock songs like from the 70s or 60s? Oh, I do. I know a few. Uh, All Along the Watchtower. That's like his most famous one. You've 1,000% heard All Along the Watchtower in some film involving the Vietnam War because they love using that song. And Purple Haze bum, as well. Bum. They love... No, that's Credence Clearwater Revival. Oh. <laughs> that's Fortunate Son. Yeah. <laughs> Great I don't song. Know all this shit. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. The same month Hey Joe premiered, the band performed at the Bag O'Nails nightclub in London. That night, the club was filled with a star studded cast of 60s musicians with the likes of Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, Pete Townsend, Brian Jones, Mick Jagger. John Lennon, and of course, our old friend, Billy Shears, or as the sheep all know him, as <laughs> Paul McCartney. <laughs> it's been documented that this A-list group of musicians were all completely blown away by Jimi Hendrix's performance, and the gig even earned Jimi his first ever interview, published in Record Mirror with the headline, Mr. Phenomenon. Phenomenon. 
Mr. Phenomenon. <laughs> Phenomenon. Mr. Phenomenon. A few more huge hits later, and in March of 1967, whilst the band waited to perform at London Astoria, Hendrix and his manager Chas discussed ways of making their performance one to remember. They asked journalist Keith Altham for advice, and he jokingly told them, Well, it's a pity you can't set fire to your guitar. Well, that's just what Jimmy did. After he performed an especially incredible 45-minute set, Hendrix poured lighter fluid on his guitar and set it ablaze to the shock and amazement of the crowd. He was dubbed by the media after this stunt, The Black Elvis, which is really fucking funny when you realise that Elvis was popular because he brought black music to white people. So it's kind of like he's the, he's the black, white, black guy. Yes. <laughs> he's the black, white guy who brought black people to, black music to white people. Yeah. Nice. And he brought it back. And he brought it back. He brought it back to the black and the white people. I'm I gone. Think. He unified. He was the black, white person who unified black, white, black music for all people. I'm pretty sure Martin Luther King Jr. in his I Have a Dream speech referenced... <laughs> Jimmy Hendrix sang his guitar light and said that, that's really? uh no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you no, want to know can... something really interesting? Is that yeah. Martin? It's either Martin. I think it was Martin Luther King's lawyer founded the um. I know this. That horrible church where they, where they fucking hate on gay people. What's that the, called? The Baptist. Oh, the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah, the guy... So, Martin Luther King's lawyer founded the Westboro Baptist Church. That white guy. Yeah, so he's, like, all about civil rights, but then he's, like, oh, but shit. not for the gays. Yeah, it's 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 really funny, that, because, yeah, he was, like, very, very progressive for like, yeah. for, like, black rights, but when it came to anything else, he was very, very conservative. It was quite funny. That's pretty crazy. I didn't know that. But can you imagine, though, he's, like you know, rights for black people. Black people should be able to get married. Black A black person should be able to marry a white person. And then one day, like, a black guy tries to marry a, a white dude. And he's like, yo! No, 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 no. <laughs> it's like, they're like, I thought you yo. were chill, man. Such a fucking narc. Anyway, I could go on and on about the next three years of Jimi Hendrix's music career as they were a whirlwind of not only legendary and jaw-dropping performances, with stunts like playing the guitar behind his back and even playing the guitar with his teeth, but also with three studio albums which were massively successful then and still hold up as gold standards in rock music. Some of the songs that he released during this time were songs like Purple Haze, Foxy Lady, Voodoo Child's Slight Return, and of course, Jimi Hendrix Beyond and I'm going to borrow a word that Sebek loves to use, iconic cover of Bob Dylan's All Along the Watchtower, which includes one of the greatest guitar solos in music history. In fact, pretty much every song of his had a fucking face-melting guitar solo somewhere tucked in it. Like, I was actually listening to Jimi Hendrix, like, all today, and fucking every song had some ridiculous guitar solo. Like, it's insane. And there's even a song called Castles Made of Sand where Jimmy crafted a guitar solo that sounded just as good forwards as backwards. Ooh. Yeah, as in he, yeah, yeah, as in he, he did the guitar solo and then in the song he like reversed the whole sound clip so that 
it sounds like it's being played backwards, but it also works as a good guitar solo, if you know what I mean. That's insane. That's pretty cool. The man was fucking talented. So he's a very good guitarist. Probably one of the best guitarists. Probably the best guitarist of all time, I'm just going to say it. But what about a rock star? Well, the man could do it all. But also, what about Slash? What about Slash? Is he not the greatest guitarist of all time? He's got his hat with the bells on it and his vest. Vinny's looking at you very disappointedly. Yeah, but he played for Guns N' Roses, man. Do you know what? Guns N' Roses are shit. I think Guns N' Roses, as a band, are one of those bands which only the 80s could develop, where they look like they worship Satan, and then you listen to them, and it's the most dreary stadium rock you've ever heard in your life. Yeah. The look and the band and the sound don't match at all. You're like, how are you all doing heroin? Your music is so mid-mainstream. I felt like that. that's the same thing with Kiss, because weren't Kiss like that as well? Same thing with, yeah. Because they were like glam rock and stuff. Like, you imagine Kiss would sound like Slipknot, but it doesn't. Mm, but no. It sounds it's, like yeah. the Wombles. Yeah. It's, 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 it's funny. It's, it's tragic. Is that why you don't like the 80s, Vinny? You said you didn't like the 80s. Um, there's just not that much music from the 80s I'm a big fan of, really. Like, a lot of the rock music from the 80s was just, like, power rock and, like, like ballad rock and glam rock, which uh, it's not huge on, really. Queen were the 80s. Yeah, 80s and 90s, I Queen think. Were, Queen were quite good. I like a bit of Queen. I like. Yeah. I grew up listening to Queen. Ooh, I thought Vinny was going to go super hipster and say Queen was shit or something. <laughs> no, I, like I lived with someone who said that they hated Queen and it was the most frustrating thing. <laughs> they just they just kept saying they didn't like Queen, and you'd be like, Queen's what? like butter on toast. Yeah, it's it's just good. It, you can't not like it, even if you don't love it. You can't hate it. It is just normal. Like, I like don't they know. kept saying it sounded bad, and it's like well, it objectively doesn't sound bad actually. Yeah. So yeah, this dude basically made fucking cracking music, a ridiculous like, guitar, and unfortunately for him, and rock lovers everywhere. The intense life of being a rock star. Nay, a rock legend. I actually wrote that. <laughs> was, was too much for a mortal made of flesh and blood. And around 1969, 1970, Jimmy would tell his friends about how he didn't think he was going to live much longer if he carried on touring and producing music this much. And in September of 1970, Jimi Hendrix overdosed on sleeping pills and alcohol, and died just a couple months before his 28th birthday. Jimi Hendrix lived and breathed rock and roll. He only played the guitar for nine years, and after just five years, was already proficient enough to wow Eric Clapton. Friends would say he wouldn't even go anywhere without his Stratocaster guitar, and he would love playing it unplugged in the bathroom, as he liked how the acoustic sounded in there. He was so unbelievably talented that just a day after the Beatles released their 1967 record, Lonely Hearts Club Band, Jimmy played the opening song of that record in a nightclub, which hosted two of the Beatles, George Harrison and Billy Shears. And the other two <laughs> band members didn't even know he was going to just fucking rip out a song that he'd learnt like, on the day because they were so used to just letting Jimmy just do his thing because it literally was the Jimi Hendrix experience and they were just... Mm. They were backing for him, basically. Also, there was a rumour that whenever he'd play live, he'd cut a slit in his forehead and place a tab of LSD on there and cover it with a headband. And if that's not rock and roll, I don't know what the fuck is. 
Is that true? Just to, to, to sound this section, your section out, is that true? Because if it's true, that's pretty sick. It's the sort of thing that I've, like, no one's ever, like, denied it, I think. He probably did it once or twice. He might not have done it every time. It, yeah, he might have done it once or twice. It's yeah. like Ozzy Osbourne didn't bite the head off a bat every time. He just did it once. He did do it, though. D- did he do it? He did it once he on stage. It a, yeah. He thought oh, it was a pretend sick. one. How funny is that? Oh, is that why he did it? Yeah, so t- yeah, he said he wasn't trying to be a dick. People just used to throw pretend bats on stage because obviously it was like Black Sabbath and all that shit. And then this, what he thought was a pretend rat fell on stage. So he just picked it up and bit his head off. And then like <laughs> guts spewed everywhere. And he was like, apparently even at the time he was like, Egh! but like obviously everyone just made it rock and roll. That is so cool. Fair enough. Question two of my Jimi Hendrix. Vinny, would you do it? Would kill myself. <laughs> Cut a sneeze in your head, put LSD on it, and then have a headband. The thing is, there's, it, it'll probably hit you quicker because it goes straight to your bloodstream. But I don't really want to have a little cut on my forehead. Like, I, you might as well just eat the tab like a normal human being. Oh, pussy. When, um, when anyway. we do our first live show, should we all wear headbands with little tabs of LSD behind them? Yeah. I'll, I'll need a really, really small tab. I'm going to give you, like, a sh- whole sheet. An A4. I'll have an A4 just put on my face like a... Yeah, just, yeah it'll cover your entire face. You won't be able to hear us. Like see a you. face mask, and I'll just cut my eyes out. <laughs> but you'll be fucked, mate. You'll be in the nether zone. I don't think I'd ever come back down. I think you might just go insane from that, to be perfectly honest. So, Vinny, does that conclude your segment? No, 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 no. I've got a little conclusion. To this day... Jimmy's legacy is still upheld as nothing short of legendary. Not only did he somehow reinvent the electric guitar and show a whole generation of guitarists what possibilities could be done with the instrument, but his ultra-flashy stage clothes and awe-inspiring stunts left crowds absolutely breathless and inspired all the flashy rock and roll stars of the 1970s and 80s. Every year, Ultimate Guitar hosts a competition to get fans to vote on who they believe is and was the greatest guitarist of all time. And every year, without fail, Jimi Hendrix tops that list. Without him, this is maybe a bit of a controversial take, but without him, I'm not even sure most of the rock stars of the 70s, 80s would have even existed. He defined what it is to be a rock star, and even though his music career only lasted nine years, it's the brightest flames which burn the quickest. I love that. That is so true. Michael, you've got so much to do. I am so going to fucking vomit. I literally was so happy when I wrote that. I was like, I just stood up from my desk. I was like, I'm winning it. <laughs> no, you're that. not, mate. You trust, trust me, you're not, mate. My pick, Seb, trust me. Right? Yeah. I... You do your middle bit, but my pick is so fucking good. The thing is, is I buy hype and hero worship in a way that is almost inconceivable. I put people on pedestals for a hobby. But you have to be objective. Yeah, and objectively, Jimi Hendrix is a god. Yeah, but I feel like it's just like a thing at this point. Like He gets voted the best guitarist every year because he gets voted the best guitarist every year. Like People aren't thinking any more deeply about it. Like, it's such a bandwagon thing. People who don't even know who Jimi Hendrix is claim he's the best guitarist of all time. No, the thing is, if you're into rock music, like classic rock music, you'll know he quite literally reinvented the electric guitar. He did things that no one knew was possible at the time. 
What did he do? Add another string? Just the way he played, like, was just ridiculous. If you compare his playing to other people of the 60s, you will see a huge gap. And you'll see that everyone in the 70s and 80s just copied what he did. And then Van Halen added tapping to the mix, which was another whole thing. The guys from Dragon Slayer, they are the best guitarists of all time. Have you played Guitar Hero 3? Because... Well, yeah, they, w- they wouldn't be. Well, actually, no, they use tapping, so that's more of a Van Halen thing. But without Van Halen, without Jimmy, there wouldn't be a Van Halen, is what I'm getting at. I just think also, I think it's hard to... I think people, because like music has become so... In a really good way, it's like super obtainable now. I think people don't realise how different what jimmy was doing then was from what else was going on at the time yeah like he was a long way ahead and i think that word gets used a lot like people say oh they were ahead of their time but he was like he wasn't ahead he was just doing things that hadn't been done yet like you know the way he played like guitar solos weren't really a thing and also just how heavy his sound was like for the 60s especially it's like no one was that heavy and it was just three dudes like all the reverb and everything that wasn't really a thing distortion yeah like just wow wow pedal stuff and it's just insane didn't he invent the whammy bar or am i invent am i who did the whammy? he didn't invent the whammy bar <laughs> i'm pretty sure who he did. invented the whammy whatever bar. guitar first had it probably fender <laughs> no but i think he got a whammy bar put on doc doc kaufman uh... yeah the bloke the guitar designer invented the whammy bar you numbskull i'm pretty sure Jimmy. That's like saying that Dave Grohl invent the snare drum. Obviously not. So, thank you, Vinny, for doing your segment. I was going to do a middle bit, which I just forced you with people behind the curtain. I was going to make them do a middle bit called Rockstar Nonce Higher or Lower, where I named the quote-unquote girlfriends of various rock stars and asked them if they were higher or lower than a certain age. But Michael and Vinny both vetoed that idea. So I don't have a middle section this week. And all I'll say is the snowflakes have finally got to us. Michael, it's your turn. Thank you, Seb. I can't believe you snowflaked me. Well, Vinny, that was a great presentation. But I'm afraid you will definitely lose this. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, let me take you back to the year 2006. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah, what? Foo Fighters or something. Oh, I know who it is. A film is going to be released which will change music forever. This film would introduce the world to the greatest rock star of all time, a true and literal goat. The film centres around two characters who are forming a band, Jack Black and Kyle Gass. However, the goat rock star would be neither of these two. They are not worthy of that title. This film would introduce the world to the true goat, a true rock god. And his name is Satan. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Are you taking the piss? I am taking the piss. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. Oh, that would have been funny, though, because he is a goat. He's got goat horns, he and he's a god, he's a rock also, god, and he's a rock god. He's in a couple of songs. He's also oh. in that song, The Devil Came Down to Georgia. Well, while I was writing that funny bit, I was seriously considering changing and going with Satan, but no, in fact, I haven't done Satan. I fooled you all. No, but the person who I have picked is actually straight out of hell, and some would say, like a bad out of hell. Oh, God. <laughs> Seb. It's Bob with bitch tits from Fight Club. <laughs> this is so disrespectful. Oh, it is. It's not it's my fault he's got bitch tits. It's not Bob with bitch tits from Fight Club. It's the rock legend, goat rock star of all time, Meatloaf. Big round of applause. So, Meatloaf, who is he? Well, he was active in music for 53 years, recording albums, doing tours, and appearing in films. 53 years. He has released 12 studio albums, and he has over 110 credits as an actor on IMDb and appeared in films like Fight Club, Rocky Horror Picture Show, and he was in Spice World. Oh my god, was he actually bitch tits? I thought that was just a joke. He is bitch tits, yeah. yeah he's he is Bob, Bob from Fight Club, yeah. Oh my fucking god, that's, that makes it even better. He also was actually in Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny, as Jack Black's dad. Oh yeah! Oh, he was, wasn't he? Nice yeah. little link there, which is pretty funny, yeah. But who is Meatloaf? He was born and raised in Texas, America. And he was a big boy. In seventh grade, so that's like ages 12 to 13, he was 5 foot 2 and 240 pounds. Holy fuck. Which is which is a lot. It's like seventeen stone or something, I believe. If I if Google worked, that is last quite night. big. That's yeah, double that's my big. weight. That's ridiculous. This is actually where he got the name Meatloaf, as when he was born, he was bright red and a very fat baby. So his dad started calling him Meaty, 
He was very meaty. And in the end, people called him Meatloaf. This is the greatest rock star of all time. A little fat red kid. <laughs> when he was 16, he met JFK on the day that he was assassinated, before he was assassinated. Now, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And when, he, when they heard he was assassinated, he had been killed, he and his friend drove to the hospital to check to see, like, sort of what had happened and stuff. Have you heard that, like, that entire day, you know, his wife, because, like, all the blood and brains got splattered onto her. She was, like, in such shock throughout the entire day that she just didn't change. She was just, like, walking around, like, talking to people with just brain all over her. There's a really good HD video of that in slow-mo on YouTube now where you can just see his head completely explode. Okay, that's a weird thing to say, Michael. We should move what? on. This is like, this really is like... good HD video. Well, yeah, it's good quality. This is like when I was editing uh, the fighting game episode and you were talking about like the really horrible, sadistic like fatalities in Mortal Kombat 9, I think it was. And you just laughed. And you were laughing, like, literally the whole time you were laughing, like, this is great, <laughs> this is fantastic. And it's just like someone begging for, like, forgiveness or whatever, like, begging not to be killed so brutally. And you were like, oh, 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 that's great! <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> yeah, but it's fucked. <laughs> Back to Meatloaf. When he was 19, his mother died of cancer, and he was very fond of his mother. His father, at the same time, tried to murder him, rushing into his bedroom, slash it, trying to slash it in with a knife, claiming he had girls in his bedroom. So he subsequently moved to L.A. to pursue a career in acting and music. Another fun fact is he also intentionally gained an extra £60 to fail his medical exams for the being drafted into the Vietnam War. I think that's pretty smart. That's quite smart, actually. He got his start in the business by being cast into a musical called Hair, and it was through that that he met a fella named Jim Steinman. And he was also cast for the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which was a musical happening at the time as well. He had a big, larger-than-life personality and a big, booming voice to go along with it and was perfect for the theatre. Now, Jim Steinman was sort of an up-and-coming composer at the time, and he fell in love with Meat Love's personality and voice. And he had a brilliant idea. They would put together an album incorporating all types of that sort of music epic grand music they wanted to make a musical but as an album that you didn't have to sit and watch it was just the grandeur of a musical and the epicness of a musical but on a record that album would become bat out of hell bat out of hell one is the ninth best-selling studio album of all time is that internationally or the uk internationally what was number one do you know was it Thriller? Uh, thriller. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's always And thriller. then it's The Eagles. The Eagles? Incidentally, there are no Beatles albums on there. Meatloaf has outsold all Beatles albums and all of most singers' albums. Only seven musicians in history have got a better-selling album than Meatloaf, including more than Jimi Hendrix. Ever combined, probably. Just one album. How do I audibly eye-roll that? <laughs> it still sells over 200,000 copies every single year, Bat Out of Hell. And the album stayed in the UK chart for 522 weeks. Bloody hell. Which is pretty impressive. Bat Out of Hell came out on the 11th of October 1977. Meatloaf and Jim Steinman obviously made the album together and they would go on to create the entire trilogy of Bat Out of Hell, because there are actually three Bat Out of Hell albums. 
It perfectly blends rock, heavy rock, powerful ballads, and an orchestral style of music that would define Meatloaf's style for half a century. It was big, powerful, loud, grand, but often it was moving and soft. It was like a symphony, it was like a combination of all these different styles, and not necessarily on an entire album, just in one song. So the song Bat Out of Hell is over nine minutes long. And it's like a roller coaster of emotions. Jim and Meatloaf's idea was to make music that you could feel, to make the hairs stand on end, to make emotional music, not just music that you listen to. You have to feel a Meatloaf song. Feel it in your bones and feel it in your heart. It's not for rock. Shut the fuck up, Vinny. That's <laughs> <laughs> to say, you didn't, you didn't invent opera rock, but okay. Now, following the success of Bat Out of Hell, things didn't go with that great because a combination of drugs and exhaustion meant that Meatloaf lost his voice for quite a long time and he couldn't sing for ages. He lost his voice? Yeah. Have you heard Meatloaf sing? Yes. The man is going all out. And in fact, he has had to have oxygen at the intervals of his shows since the 80s. That's because of how hard he's trying, not because he's enormously overweight. Yeah, I think that's that plays into it. No, that's because of how hard he goes. That's because of how hard he fucking rocks, mate, because he's a rock god, right? Do you know Kendrick Lamar had asthma? So does Meatloaf. When he, when he uh, performs, he like, often just like just gives the mic to the, the audience because he just needs a breather. Meatloaf has asthma too. He doesn't do that because he's not a massive pussy. He's a rock god. He just has a bit of oxygen halfway through. He also contractually can only ever perform for like a maximum of an hour and 45 minutes or something because he has fainted and passed out on stage a few times. That was in the late 2000s, so we don't worry about that. Oh, no. But he still had a, he was still under contract with Jim Steinman to make a couple of albums. So he lost his voice. So he went and did a lot of acting where he didn't have to like, you know, sing. Then he would come back and record these albums that he had to do. So the second album he made was called Dead Ringer, which is another brilliant Meatloaf album. Dead Ringer for Love. Dead Ringer was a hit, but after that, it was a little bit of a case of money, money, all this. He was being sued for lots of money by Jim Steinman for not releasing the albums that he wanted to release, not performing the songs he wanted to release. I don't know. I was got a bit bored looking into it, to be honest, but he ended up declaring bankruptcy to clear all of his debts and shift all the blame, because that's what rockers do, you know? You just fuck declare the man, bankruptcy. fuck the system. Declare you declare bankruptcy. $80 million of debt disappeared, and he was like, why? Let's go again. <laughs> it does sound a bit like he is a fat man with asthma who declared bankruptcy. So cool. He's not. He's not. He is a rocker. I declare bankruptcy! <laughs> Meatloaf had been touring through pretty much all of the 70s and 80s, and when all the bankruptcy stuff settled down, it was the fact that he was touring so much that Jim Steinman decided they would make another album. And talking about touring, something that I hadn't realised until I was looking into Meatloaf, is how much fucking touring that man has done. He toured for nearly half a century, straight. In fact, it's way quicker for me to mention the years in which he did not have a tour than mention the years that he did. So between 1977 and 2016, these are the only years Meatloaf was not on some kind of tour. 78, 80, 90... 92 and 98 that's it fair play that is quite rock and roll so was he touring right up until he they died he, he, he stopped touring in 2016 he died in 2021 fuck 2022 sorry this year january so 
not quite, but from 1998 to 2016, he toured every single day. And at that point, he's like in his 60s and he's he's been going hard for a long time. Like that is pretty, Seb, that is pretty rock Fucking and roll. Hell. That's insane. That is, that, no, that is insane. I'm willing to say that's pretty rock and roll. Jimi Hendrix could only last nine years as a musician. Arguably, one of their flames did burn a little brighter, but I'm willing to listen. But Meatloaf's Inferno burn for longer. Bah, rock and roll, boy. Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, because of his insane touring, Steinman was willing to drop a few of... And actually, I don't... Looking into the bankruptcy stuff, because apparently Steinman was suing Meatloaf and all this. I, I don't think it was ever them as people, because they have like a huge relationship and like one of the best partnerships in sort of rock history, Jim Steinman and Meatloaf. I think it was like their lawyers and stuff doing it. So there was never any bad blood or anything, apparently. But because of the touring, Steinman was re-inspired and he decided to get back into contact with him. And he was like, look, we need to make another album. Let's make that out of hell too. So they did. And obviously it was fucking massive again. It went to number one in 28 countries. And the song I Would Do Anything For Love, but I wouldn't do that, is an absolute classic. The other thing I didn't mention is that, because it all got a bit in-depth, but Bat Out of Hell was actually a big a big flop in America. People didn't like it. And really? Yeah, massive, initially. The only reason it became popular was because Meatloaf was so big in the UK and Australia, and Bat Out of Hell is actually the best-selling album of all time in Australia. It just gained a huge European, UK and Australian following. And gained a lot of weight to uh not enlist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rock and roll, baby. Uh, rock and roll, baby. And because of that, yeah, because his huge pop that just sort of eventually transcended into America. But yeah, he's not necessarily that big in America. He's done more tours outside. Right, he's pretty of big everywhere, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> but he's a big lad okay he's a rock and roll lifestyle even in eating now moving on from his history let's talk about meatloaf's controversy because he's a rock star he's a rock god he's a rock legend and what comes of being a rocker what really defines a rocker is it great rock songs is it being able to play the guitar well it's fucking controversy do you know what i'm saying you have to say i don't believe the numbers they they they, they it's a rounding out they didn't Six million, one, that's too high. No, 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 he didn't deny the Holocaust, okay? Let's just say that. But what what was Meatloaf controversial for? What did he decide to take a stand and say, nah, I'm putting the finger up to the man, this is me. I'm big, I'm bigger than the world, I'm Meatloaf. I got three, I got a top three. Number one, climate change. (laughs) (laughs) No. Meatloaf is so rock and roll. He's such a rock and roll fella. He cannot conform no matter what. He went as far as denying climate change. And he once said that Greta Thunberg was being brainwashed and he felt sorry for her because she doesn't know what she's saying isn't true. And I have written a bomb. Wow. Such rock and roll. Bull. Okay. What are the other two things? Number two. Trump. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're really digging yourself a hole here. Did Why he support did you add Trump? Section? Why did you add this section? This is not helping you. 
If you listen to me, it's about controversy and not conforming to the norms. Whether it's right or wrong, he does not conform, okay? Trump, as a bigger and larger than life, insane rock god. Of course, Meat supports the most controversial political figure in modern history, Donald Trump. The thing is, Trump won the election, so he, he was a popular dude. Like, half the country wanted him in. Controversial, I said. Also, you just said the most controversial figure in modern political history. If someone supported the most political, most controversial figure in recent political history, that means they would have supported Hitler. And I don't think that's very rock and roll. Okay, he didn't support Hitler. I'm Most controversial political figure in the last, I don't know, what, 10 years? Right, let's go with that. Trump. <laughs> Saddam Hussein? He These supported guys, Saddam Hussein? Trump and Meatloaf are best buds, right? That's not good. You're not, that's not a good thing. Meatloaf even appeared on Celebrity The Apprentice. And if you want a laugh, and this is genuinely a really good laugh, just Google Meatloaf versus Gary Busey, where Meatloaf screams at this other guy on Celebrity Apprentice because he thinks he stole his paint. Meatloaf had ad- actually just misplaced it. Wow. Rock God. Is that the third controversy? <laughs> Number three. <laughs> Meatloaf like I said, cannot conform even when the world is telling him that he is wrong and which way he should think. Meatloaf says, hell no, I'm, I'm, I'm like a bat of hell. Meatloaf denied COVID. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Meatloaf is so rock and roll, he took a stand against the biggest talking point in the world by saying, fuck COVID. <laughs> but what does he mean by that? He said he didn't believe in lockdowns, he didn't think it was a big serious threat, and he would hug anybody during COVID restrictions, even trying to hug reporters live on air. <laughs> Meat it just sounds like he's a cunt. Nope, he's a rock god. It sounds like an uninformed moron. Right, so, this is where it comes to a head. Now, I know what you're thinking, I know this has all been a big joke. Meatloaf, of course he's not the goat rock star, blah, 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 right. He fucking is. And I know that he is because I normally write a very well-constructed argument for all of these pieces. My scripts I'm actually quite proud of considering I have the literacy literacy skills of a chimpanzee. And I normally try to tie every single point that I've made in into my conclusion. But my conclusion for this episode simply reads, Conclusion from the heart. So I'm going fully off-piece right now. And that's what Meatloaf is all about. Off-piece. Nobody wanted Bat Out of Hell. They thought it was shit. They thought no one would like it. Ninth best-selling album of all time. Boom. He just didn't want to conform. He is a rock and roll god. He, no matter all the laughing points and ridiculous controversies and stuff that we have said here about Meat, and the funny name, and he's a big fat man, the music that Meatloaf made over the last 50 years genuinely resonates in people's hearts. That is not actually a joke. During this research, I watched a lot of YouTube clips and any YouTube video with Meatloaf in, even if he's screaming at somebody for losing his paint, are just people telling their stories about how the music of Meatloaf inspired their childhood or they were raised on it and it just resonates with them and that they love him no matter what because the music is what is important, not whether he denies climate change or supports Donald Trump. Then why did you add that? (laughs) controversy it's because (laughs) it's because of the music and the way it makes you feel and i genuinely believe 
I genuinely, genuinely believe because I love meatloaf so much and it's made me feel emotions that as an absolute sociopath I didn't know existed. And I genuinely believe that Meatloaf's music is so unique and groundbreaking and that he is such an insane artist. That's why he is so successful and so popular. Only he could do it with his style and his music that he's producing. That's why we can all sit back and laugh at how this ridiculous, fat, climate change denier can have the ninth best-selling album of all time and touch the hearts of millions. It's because it is genuinely that good. It genuinely is insane. It's incredible music. And that's why he is the GOAT rock star of all time. Just to say, rock opera uh, was around he's in the 60s. He's not a rock opera. Y- yes, he is. No, he's not. He is a rock I'm opera. I'm sorry, but yes, he is. That's his genre. I'm, I'm sorry about that. Whether you like no, it or not. No, it's not. That's his genre. He's not so, an opera singer. But who even did a bloody pop okay. rock album in the 70s? Michael. Vinny, shut up. Does that... Oh, for goodness sake. Will you two stop fucking bickering? <laughs> Michael, does that conclude your statements on meat? Depends. Do you need any more convincing? <laughs> <laughs> Depends what your answer is. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. Yes. No, I, I think I'm done. I think you're done. You think you're done. I think you're definitely done. Do you know what? No. We laugh and joke... I'm willing to accept Meatloaf is a rock star. And he's an icon, my favourite word. However, you somehow made him less likeable. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't the individually, the climate change stuff, all the Trump stuff, all the COVID stuff. But as a whole picture, he just seems like a bit of a dick. However, being a bit of a dick is an important part of being a rock star. Now, I'm also willing to admit that Vinny did a very tactful job of not bringing up all the alcohol abuse and domestic abuse that comes along associated with Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. However... I need to come to a conclusion and it's really difficult because I do think that Jimi Hendrix is, I don't want to say an easy answer, but it's its quite an obvious choice. I'm not denying Vinny's love for Jimbo, but he's loved by a lot of people. He's a very popular choice of GOAT. I think if you said to a lot of people on the street, who do you think the greatest rock star of all time, I think. Names like Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Elvis. Nickelback. Nickelback. Axl Rose. The entire band Nickelback (laughs) would come up a lot. I don't think Meatloaf would come up that often. And having heard you talk about him, I do think he's a great rock star. And I think he has made some great albums. And I do like the song Bat Out of Hell. It's long. It is long. It is long. It's over nine minutes. But it is good. It's difficult because I want Meatloaf and I want Michael to get a win. But the trouble is, is that I can't, in my heart, say fucking Meatloaf (laughs) is anywhere near the likes of Jimi Hendrix or Robert Plant or Jimmy Page. He, oh, again, though, like, it's just, it's just, 
there's gods and there's gods. And it's a bit like how, you know, in the Greek pantheon of gods, you've got like the god of wine or the god of swimming in the ocean. And then you've got Zeus. And I'm not denying that Meatloaf isn't in the pantheon of rock gods. I'm just saying he might not sit at the head of the table. And I'm really sorry, Michael. I really am because I really liked and I was really interested in what you had to say. And I do like some Meatloaf songs. But I'm still struggling to move past the iconography of Jimi Hendrix. He's more than just the man. He is a rock star. And I think being a rock star goes beyond talent. It's about your persona and people's perception of you. And I think when people talk about Jimi Hendrix, they talk about him like he's more than just a man. And I think when people talk about Meatloaf, unfortunately, rightly or wrongly, they don't. And maybe Meatloaf should be more of a rock star, but he's just sort of a rock man. (laughs) Geodude. He's just Geodude. And for that reason, I'm going to have to... And this is actually probably one of the closest ones I've ever done. And I'm not smug and I'm not, I am I don't want Michael to be upset, but I know he is. I am. I am going to have to say that Jimi Hendrix is the greatest rock star of all time. But I say that with a heavy heart. And I just really hope that next week Michael can learn from this, think a little bit more and just come with a better answer. Well, I did. <laughs> I, this was my suggestion. And I genuinely think Meatloaf is still the greatest rock star of all time because I just don't get why he you is think for that. me. I'm afraid. No, I was joking about the think a bit more. I fully respect your love for Meatloaf. I just struggle to match it. This is the thing as well as me and Vinny were talking about this earlier today. I didn't know about the uh, the climate change, COVID denying, Trump supporting side of one of my genuine heroes in life. And it just goes to show, never meet your fucking heroes. But maybe in that sense, that makes him more of a rock star, because I think that part of being a rock star is people glossing over things. But it's hard to gloss over the Trump shit. I will say, like, I know my intro, I said there was, like, the two people, Jim Morrison and Kurt Cobain, that I thought of first. But there was, like, 20 people that I was just, I was just looking up all these people, and I was really close to going for someone that I didn't, really ever listen to their music someone like the dude from motley crew just because as a rock star like he just had like the rock star life of all the cocaine the hookers the partying Mm. like everything like that like the cold glam rock lifestyle in my opinion is like the rock and roll lifestyle it's just i couldn't bring myself to get interested in someone that i didn't really like their music you know what i mean and when it clicked and i realized oh yeah Jimi hendrix and i realized also that he is such an icon in rock history. Like, so many people point to him as the rock guy of the 60s and 70s. It's just like, it was just like, oh yeah, it's a no-brainer, because I also fucking love this dude. Did you not consider Meatloaf at all in those 20 names? Funnily enough, no. <laughs> I, I was really close to picking Ozzy Osbourne as well. I'm glad I didn't, because the, the whole the bat thing being uh, fake, I didn't actually know that, so it's a good thing I didn't That's not very him. rock and roll. Yeah. Do you know what, though? Big up. You both picked from the heart, and I respect it. And, Michael, I don't want you to go away feeling too down, because it was closer than it had any right to be. 
is what I'd say. I'll listen to some more Meatloaf tonight and I'll be fine. On that note, that's the end of this week's episode. We decided a couple of weeks ago our upcoming episode. Next week's episode is going to be The Greatest Creepy Pasta. Now, for those of you listening who don't know what creepy pasta is, it's not just a spooky bit of spaghetti. It's an internet horror story. Google it. Look up now. Creepy Pasta. Get excited for next week. I also wanted to announce very excitedly that Michael has ordered some stickers this week, which are going out to patrons, which is very exciting. But they're not just going out to patrons. They're going out to a lucky winner, which I've just decided. So I've just shared a post on Facebook earlier today, and I said whoever shared that post and liked it and commented in the comments section their favourite Mortal Kombat fighter or fighting game character would be in with a chance of getting a sticker. We're going to do the same this week. So we're going to say, if you follow us on Instagram or on the Facebook group and you comment on this week's post, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram, who you think the greatest rock star of all time is, and then you share that post either on your Instagram story or on Facebook, you are in with a chance of us sending you a sticker. We'll pick one person who does that and we'll send you one of our brand new official GOAT sticker and you don't even have to be a patron to get it. But obviously, if you want it guaranteed, just go be a patron. But without any further ado, we've managed to wrap this episode up quite quickly, despite quite a lot of fucking about from me. So that's the end of that. Michael can go drown his 27-year-old tears while he has a wank in the bath. Vinny can rip a big old gun bong. Um, and I'll try not to kill myself. <laughs> See you all next week. <laughs> Love you. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.